Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, resurrected from the dead, and with me, as always, two men I haven't seen for two weeks. I love their faces. Chris Miggs, Jimmy Fax. I am just, I, I told you that when you go to those coffee shops in Queens, that there's always people with COVID just coughing loudly and just hacking things into the air. It's, it's what we do. It's what us, us urban folk do. Mm-hmm. We go to crowded coffee shops in Brooklyn and Queens and we spray COVID everywhere and you didn't follow our advice, Garrett. I, that's on you. Yeah. Well, what do you think about I it? took your advice on getting it though. Um, you know, you go to just middle of nowhere, Tennessee, there's not a vaccine in sight. And I just sat in not a coffee shop, but a diner and mm. just waited, just waited. I talked to everybody about the weather. I asked everybody that passed how they were doing. Occasionally an old man would sit with me and we'd uh, exchange pleasantries yeah. and I licked every dirty dish I saw in the place. And uh, God damn it. If I didn't get it. Garrett Garrett's still here, um, but that old sneezing man who told him about how wrestling was better back in the old days is no longer with us, unfortunately. And the server who who said, you know it's fake, right? She's also dead because I killed her. <laughs> it's real to me, damn it. No, I um yeah, I was I was I was really out um, when there was a possibility of us recording together. It it would have actually been interesting to do because I had such bad brain fog that I don't know what would have come out of my mouth. And we, I would have been like everybody's racist uncle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the old like, man from the diner was inhabiting your brain. I, yeah, it was it was a real possession moment where the uh, the ghost of COVID's past actually took over, and um, yeah, he 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 took me over, and I who knows what I would have said. This podcast would have been canceled. I mean, I feel like that that's a role you're going to have on the podcast at some point. So it would have been just like the ghost of future yet to come. Mm. Do you think one of us is going to get canceled at some point? We are. <laughs> You know, look at us. We we were three white guys with a podcast. It's somebody's bound to slip up. Yeah, I mean, we don't have that like uh, Bill Burr cred that we can just mm. say whatever and be it's it's fine. I mean, Joe Rogan's still a thing though, so I don't know. We just gotta move to Austin and start new lives. <laughs> they did just open a woke comedy club or a, a not woke comedy club in Austin. So, Sounds hilarious. Yeah. It's yeah. If you were into Roseanne Barr comedy specials in 2023, <laughs> it's for you. You know, there's nothing. There's nothing that is funnier than just good old fashioned conservative values and you know, evan evangelical rhetoric. You know, it, the humor is either going to be like something you'd hear in Branson or you just go up and talk about how you can't talk about anything anymore. <laughs> and and if you're a, especially if you're a man, you can only wear a blue button down shirt and khakis. Uh, anything else in Tennessee at this point is drag. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Uh, wrestling might have a problem in Tennessee, right? Like. 
wrestling gear is is pretty, pretty pretty provocative. I'm pretty sure people wore drag on Memphis wrestling shows at some point. There's no way that didn't happen. As long as as long as you work heel, I think it's fine. Okay. <laughs> I uh, man, I live in the worst state right now. And it's fun to see my politicians on all the late night shows every night. You know, all those guys I voted for. <laughs> I didn't vote for them, guys. They're bad yeah. people. Um, did anyone watch wrestling in the last two weeks? I watched a little. Um, I watched I mean, uh, all of Revolution, almost all of Revolution in a Dave and Buster's in Memphis, Tennessee. I think that's where I got COVID was from you being there. I caught it yeah, through the text. <laughs> that's exactly. Modus ponens. Yeah. I'll be honest. I'm very jealous. I love a good trip to Dave and Buster's. I like to order some sort of blue drink, play the coin pushers, and, you know, spend $300 to leave with $20 worth of crap. It was okay. I mean, it was a very, the, the, where they had the, the, screen set up were very far from the actual Dave and Buster stuff. Um also uh they had no servers, so you had to <laughs> order the food to go and then just bring it over there. Um it wasn't you like had to the... get it DoorDash to your table. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um but the screen was very large. Um and the crowd was uh excited for at least some of it. So it was a good experience. I was I was down um in Oxford, Mississippi for some concerts. And so I was like, on the way, I realized I was like, we have a night in Memphis and there's nothing else to do in Memphis. So wait, I feel like you just blew by that pretty quickly. Of Like it was just the most casual, normal thing in the world. Like, oh, I was just in Oxford, Mississippi for concerts. You know, like people do. You haven't, I mean, you haven't followed, I mean, your favorite band, one of your favorite bands hasn't gotten back together, but they're from Mississippi. So that's where their reunion shows are. I, it was the ghost of Macho Man doing his rap album. Down in- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's actually that. That's headlining uh, the the arena in Memphis next week. Um, <laughs> it's going to be Jerry Lawler's going to fight the ghost, and it's going to be great. And guess who's COVID free and three hours away, baby? <laughs> Not Jerry Lawler. <laughs> <laughs> He Jerry, might not have COVID, but he definitely still has syphilis. <laughs> Jerry's been defeating ghosts for years, though. He's He hulks up, takes the strap down, punches the Grim Reaper in the face, gives it a pile driver, and he's he just keeps going over. People are like, aren't, aren't you going to let the Grim Reaper get, like, some heat? He's like, no. No. So, so that, that and I know this, this is, you know, this is a little bit of a go and take a left turn here but did you guys see this is like maybe maybe about two weeks ago or a week ago there was these reports that people were being critical of rick flair's last match right and that How fucking died. <laughs> and and flair's like comeback was well you know what i got paid 300 grand for that match wow. and i can't decide so on one hand that's obviously a lot of money for one night of work it doesn't seem like that much money for possibly dying when you're a very famous person. Well, like it seems like it both an overpay and an underpay at the same time. I think that we aren't thinking about one thing. You and I haven't seen what kind of bills he's got. And at a certain point, like 
what's better living or paying off that bookie <laughs> well and it's probably just was all cash from conrad just conrad has like a a, a bomb silo like a bomb shelter underneath his house that, that when they do fake his death is where he's going to live and he'll just have hookers sent down to pay with his his cash <laughs> So really, this is just like even Ric Flair's got to be like, well, what do I got? Maybe top six years left. I need six years worth of bomb shelter hooker money. Three hundred grand should be about right. I'm just picturing a guy in a leather jacket with a tire iron. That's just like it's gonna be pretty fucking hard to do a figure four with no legs. It would be hard to be that that enforcer having to collect the the money from Ric Flair. Big, big fan. I know that you're probably going to die right now, but so he made three hundred grand off that show. That's what he said himself. But so, he, he is more trustworthy than say a Hulk Hogan, right? Like, where do we stand on believing things Ric Flair says? I, I believe it because again, it's just it's such a weird like if he was gonna make it up you'd think he'd say i made a million dollars right like he would have made 400 but uh conrad deducted the booze expenses from the check so he would have made it so it was like a hundred grand in kamikaze shots so and if he they had just gone to kid rocks for the weekend kid rock would have just covered it himself thank god the after party was there now do we do we think what do you think Danielson got for wrestling an an Iron Man match that went into overtime on a pay-per-view. What do you think his payday was? Nowhere near 300 grand, right? Probably not for that one match. I mean, I'm curious actually yeah, how much I'd be curious how much if he gets any sort of bonuses on the big pay-per-views, but yeah, probably not for that match. Part of him taking abuse uh, he really wants to go back to that hot dog and a handshake kind of thing. Like Bree hates it, but he yeah. wants to get, he loves the Indies. And even though he's not there, he wants to feel like he's there. So he doesn't take any pay. And uh, he would have gone another hour. Yeah. And he's a better husband than Mox and is jealous that Mox is getting to live his, his best life while being a, a famous television wrestler. <laughs> and he's just like, God damn that guy. He really, I mean, he really wants to be doing this every weekend, but he's just like, I do love my wife and kids. And Mox is just like, I'll be in Iowa. See you next week, Brian. <laughs> What's in Iowa? I don't, I don't, I don't Me, a barn and Willie Mac. <laughs> I, uh, I just, I just heard they opened up some new Mexican joint in Iowa. So I figured there might be some luchadors that want to throw down the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I brought some masks if they don't have their own. I can blade them through it. <laughs> it's fine. I didn't bring any thumbtacks, but I figured we'd just crunch up some Tostitos and put those all over them. <laughs> get real sharp. They get real sharp at the end, you know. <laughs> like, I could see that, like, Mox bringing, you know, just... I don't want to see human trafficking. That sounds bad. But like ha- cr- using his his wealth for a pipeline of luchadors illegally into Iowa for him to throw down with. No audience, just in a cornfield. 
What happened? Well, officer, he covered me up and made me bleed. <laughs> but then, then he gave me like 30 grand and sent me back. I'm a marketing executive. <laughs> what, what, so overall, what did you guys think of the pay-per-view? I, I know like we're two weeks removed from this. So the listeners like we already listened to everybody talk about this, but. So I didn't see it live uh, and I didn't see it in Tennessee. I was, and I'm going to be out of town for the next pay-per-view. So I'm going to miss that one. Um, uh, being uh, fax loco uh, at a wedding in, in Canada. Um, I missed this one because of a family obligation. So I saw it the next day. Uh, but completely unspoiled. I was spoiled on on zero of it. I had zero. I had avoided all spoilers. And I kind of came in with pretty low expectations. I was not super excited and pumped for it. It was kind of like, I guess I got to watch this thing. And I enjoyed the crap out of it. I thought it was really good. Um, it's just, it's an AEW pay-per-view. They're just all really good. I felt like my it almost exactly met my expectations. Like I thought three matches were going to be great. And those three matches were great. I'd say at least one of them, which would be Mox and Hangman kind of exceeded my expectations in terms oh, of Oh yeah. Like, I think it I was like did. I did not realize how far they were going to go. My wife was horrified cuz she was at that the uh the Dave and Busters at me and the moment where Mox just starts jabbing the fork in Hangman's face, she was like, "Oh no." No, no. <laughs> and I was like, the oh, yes. Visuals also, we're three minutes that. into this match. This is going to get worse. <laughs> the visuals of that blood splattering onto um, Moxley's chest as he stabbed him with the fork was incredible. What did your wife order at A Dave and Buster's that she, that she was eating while that was happening? I think she was eating some kind of chicken sandwich, which was admittedly not great um we were also going to town on some very mediocre nachos um so that may have been part of it maybe her stomach was starting to turn from the food i most i ate a lot of fried cauliflower to maybe to keep my stomach really kind of together you know what i mean i don't want you to blame buff not buffalo wild wings i don't want you to blame dave and busters for the the quality of the food it was just you know once you 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 order doordash it takes a while to get there it probably right. got you know the the quality went down on the drive over they drove it around for a few hours before they brought it to us <laughs> it was actually from another dave and busters in mississippi <laughs> they had to, they had to get it over there you know it's funny you mentioned it because my wife for whatever reason during that match just came downstairs and just sat on the couch and started reading a book on the, which is not a thing she does. And she just chose to do it for just this one match. And obviously she keeps looking up and just getting disgusted. And like, she's probably, I know she's not reading Jane Austen, but in my recollection, she's reading like pride and prejudice or something. And they're just looking, ah, that match was awesome though. No, that was really great. You said that three great matches you said. So I assume main event, mm -hmm. that match, what was the third for you? House oh, of Black and the yeah. Elite. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, honestly, maybe the best match of the night. I don't know. What would... I, 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 go, I go Mox Hangman is my match of the night. Yeah. yeah. But I as wouldn't argue if somebody wanted to go. splattered in blood. Yeah. But our friend, uh, our friend Dave Meltzer definitely disagrees that this is even a conversation. 
about these three matches because he's apparently, according to him, this was the Iron Man match was the best match of Brian Danielson's career. Five and three quarter stars. One of the greatest matches of all time. I thought it was higher than that. Oh, yeah. Five and three quarters. That's right. He I assume he was in the building for it, right? He was. I think he was. Yeah, San Francisco. He's, he's got to be. Francisco, so he would be there. And he probably got a great seat, courtesy of Tony Khan, sure. since he's in the, the town. You know, does does Dave Meltzer's star rating have anything to do with how good of a time he's having watching? You know, like, does, is it the circumstances? Like, did he have a really good sandwich at the time when he was watching Mox get stabbed did he you know what does it have to do with his day more than it has to do with the match I, well, I mean I would think he would tell you that it, it doesn't but it probably absolutely does but then why why does he give that a full star more than House of Black versus the Elite right because that was I think he gave that four and three quarters or was it four and a half something like that four and three quarters something like that yeah yeah, yeah I don't know which uh, to I, me, by the way, seems a scotch high for that. Like four and three quarters seems a scotch high, but five and three quarters. And I liked the main event. Like I remember I su- I'm surprised. I think MJF surprised me. I did not think MJF had him in him. It was handily his best match of all time. But there was no, if you told me, oh, one of these matches is going to break the five star scale. I think that would have been my third guess. You put this as MJF's best. Uh, so what is it? The Jungle Boy match? See, uh, my mind goes to that, but it, that was also such like it was a it's hard to compare the two because that one was just a short TV match, if I remember correctly. And it, but, it was a pay-per-view, but it was still the empty arena pay-per-view era. Yeah. Oh, I mean, he had a pretty good match with, I mean, the Mox match was pretty good. He had a pretty good match with, uh, the, the Punk dog collar match was pretty great. But yeah, yeah I think this one was definitely Punk, uh, MJF's best match. Definitely. What, what was the one where he started busting out the AJPW moves? Um, it was just like a jobber match to, not a jobber match, but like, uh, like a TV squash. Like you never, remember it was right when he oh, came the back. the one with Yuta? Yuta, yeah. That was that really match, good. That match was really good. But I think that was like a surprisingly good TV match as opposed to this, which was a what, like an hour and five minutes, give or take. A great match. I mean, it was one of the better Iron Man matches ever. I mean, in, in defense, I don't think there's been many super great Iron Man matches. Right. It might be the best Iron Man match ever, but also I don't think highly of that many Iron Man matches. Do you think he's right in telling us that, like, you can shut the fuck up now? Like, I'm good at wrestling. You can stop questioning whether or not this match is going to be good because I'm in it. I, I don't, I don't know about that because, again, it was Brian Danielson, right? So, like, I think he needs to have a match that good with, like, powerhouse Hobbs for me to be like, oh, that mechanic MJF, he can carry other people to a match. But I think he showed that he's a main event guy, right? In that he told a great story in the match that he told, right? And it wasn't just Daniel. Like Danielson, maybe you could make an argument, and I'm not saying I'm making that argument, that Danielson carried the match from a kind of physical and calling standpoint. But MJF told a really good story, and that's 
what you need. That's that's what you need in a main event match, even more than intense physicality in, in my mind. I will say it's, like, it's a long day, right? That's the match at the end of a lot of wrestling. And you're like, mm-hmm. why is this the last thing? <laughs> and that match, I think, really delivered like, yep, that was the last thing. I'm satisfied. I got my $50 worth. Yeah, I thought the pacing was really good. Like, I watched it. I, I didn't watch it that night because I was just exhausted from the weekend. And I watched it, like, the next day on the airplane back. I hadn't been spoiled, but I also hadn't had my feed blow up that Danielson had won the title. So I was kind of assuming MJF won at that point. But, um, yeah, I thought it moved really well. I thought, it like, the pacing was great. And I was like, oh, okay, I, this didn't feel like an hour, which is one of the best things I think you can say about an Iron Man match. It goes an hour. It's not quite, again, not quite Omega and Okada where you're like, that was 30 seconds. How was it 75 minutes? <laughs> um, yeah, like I put it on, I'm not going to lie, and I'm watching it at home and the, and the Islander game had started and it was a big like playoff implication game. And I put that on the other screen. So I had both screens going and I just paused the Islander game. Because I'm like, it's an Iron Man match. It's going to take like 40 minutes to get going. Like, I got some time. I can watch two periods of hockey. And uh, they engaged me in it. And I think it it flew by. Hmm. I did look, just look it up. Dave gave four stars to what I have as my second best Iron Man match. Which is Rock and Triple H. That sounds loaded. The Rock and Triple H? That was SummerSlam, was it? Uh, Judgment Day. Judgment Day. I don't remember this. Oh. Might have to revisit. May 2000. 2000. I mean, I would have still been watching wrestling then, so I don't know why I don't remember it. Oh, I remember that one, yeah. Uh, a really good show, too. Although the, the one the month before, the um the April show, is like one of the all-time classic like wrestling shows. It's just like wall-to-wall bangers um well i i know i'm a bigger fan of the the brett sean match than than you are um i don't think it's one of the greatest matches ever like the way some people do i don't think a lot of people but i definitely heard people say that that's one the but like the going to the zero zero thing is it's just it's it's almost impossible to rewatch that match in its entirety because it's like I, I know this is going to zero zero. I just want to get to the last five minutes of the main match and then overtime. I think my favorite is going to be pretty controversial, which is obviously Tony Deppen versus <laughs> <laughs> all two hours of it <laughs> versus Jordan Oliver. Uh, it's the any match that allows me to watch Jordan Oliver for two hours uninterrupted. You got my money every time. Because if he's wrestling, that means he's not cutting a promo. (laughs) Uh, Was there, um, I don't know if there's anything else on that show we're talking about. The the gun club are somehow still tag champions. That's mystifying. Jericho Um, lost, which was cool. I did enjoy that tag match. I think I'm the only person in this group that... Yeah, genuinely I, had a fine time and i actually liked the ricky starks jericho match um i actually thought that was a pretty fun match not a great opener per se like kind of an odd choice for an opener but i, I actually really liked that match 
And by the way, Jericho's now lost to Starks twice. He lost to fucking Action Andretti. How much losing does the guy need to do until you fucks are happy? Well, I think he's about to leave for a Fozzie, right? Oh. Or is he about to win the six-man title in Ontario next week? Or tomorrow? Sorry. (laughs) No. I mean, maybe. By the time listeners are hearing this, they might already be nodding along. with like, oh, yeah, he pinned Kenny Omega clean to win the tag titles in Ontario. It's not Ontario. It's the peg, Bex. Oh, sorry. I I knew. Even more. I, and by the way, I think I know I called that all the way back to our last previous podcast series, Chris, where I said when they do their first show in Winnipeg, it's got to be Kenny and Jericho. I was expecting it to be one on one. I was also expecting it would have happened by now. But uh, I am glad that both of those guys are in the same match. It's clearly going to be the main event. And that match is going to be a fucking banger, despite Jericho's involvement. <laughs> Hmm. I was just enjoying a, I was just enjoying a milkshake from the the place. We we always joked that that we would go to brunch with the Briscoes, and uh, I did just have a milkshake from that place. So, still R.I.P. Jay Briscoe. I hope Mark when his family went to the Comfort Land. It's delicious. If you're ever in Queens, I hope you, I hope when you were in Queens, Garrett, getting COVID, you didn't go to Comfort Land and give everyone COVID. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I exclusively get my COVID at American Cheeseburger, folks. (laughs) So um, another development that's happened over the last couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, Garrett, um, I'm on your side. Fuck the rock. I'm there. I heard heard that. I think you said it in the last episode. Um, I am all the way there. What took you there? What got you? What got you on the Dwayne train? Off the Dwayne train with me? It's 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 the social media feed of just he's always promoting products. He's always smiling, and you know that they're dog shit. And uh, I I think that I didn't know about you were telling me I was reacting live a few weeks ago when you were telling me about No Hobson Shaw too. I mean, once that really hit my core, that hurt. That hurt a lot. And honestly. One of the things is we were all on Team Rock, right? When it was Vin Diesel and The Rock. But you know what? Vinny D's doing more Fast and Furious movies. If The Rock's not doing Hobbs and Shaw, I'm on Team Vinny D. And you can't you can't be on both sides. You really do have to make a choice. And I, it'll never not bother me that I go to all these rock movies throughout my rock fandom. And they are all shitty. And he finally makes one. That not only do I enjoy, but it's one of the best movies I've ever seen in Hobbs and Shaw too. It had every, it had my two favorite guys fucking people up in my favorite universe. Yeah, it's, and then it the Rock incredible. doesn't want to do it anymore. What now, the fuck? Now, to be fair, I actually think the Rock's done more. I think I give the Rock's filmography a little bit more cred than you. I think he's done some some fine middle of the road movies, and I think he's done some really solid movies. But that's where it's like he's at now at the height of his fame, and he's definitely abusing his powers. He's not doing Hobson Shaw. He's doing a just shitty superhero movie that of a superhero no one's even heard of, right? And it's like this isn't what the Rock should be doing. Well, if The Rock, okay, so 
I would say other than Hobbs and Shaw, my favorite rock movie is Southland Tales. Uh, Richard Kelly's movie. Oh, he I know after it. Donnie Darko. I fucking love that movie a lot. And I think oh, what's I, really I that movie so much. What's really interesting about that movie is it's got the weirdest cast. It's like Mandy Moore, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, The Rock, Sherry O'Terry, Steve Stifler, uh, Booger from The Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> and basically, Richard Kelly wanted to make the most pretentious movie with the least pretentious cast to take to, to cons. And The Rock is in it. That's He's very funny. Basically, if The Rock wants to get me back on his side, make an A24 movie. Make it seem like you give a shit about the thing you're making. Put some effort into it, and maybe I'll be like, okay, he's not just trying to sell me uh, Mountain Dew uh, Lime Green or whatever the fuck will be on at that point. Electric Lime, we'll call it. I'm surprised that he's not, that he didn't find a way to be in the Von Erichs movie. Um, just as, like, I don't know, Rocky Johnson spent a week in Texas. And... <laughs> Are we he sure ends up in his... Maybe we don't know yet. Well, but he's he'll only do that though if they they if he gets like seventy five percent of the box office. <laughs> well, it is an A twenty four movie, so there could be some weird shit in there, and he actually could play God. Because <laughs> mm. Lord knows there there's some trips to heaven in that film. Ooh. So this we got we got a packed agenda here. So I'm I'm gonna keep things moving. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna be the one that moves keeps things moving for the first time ever. Because fresh off the presses, just hours before we took to record, mm. it happened. We got the news. Power <laughs> slap is not coming back. It was a one. In, it's gonna be a one season wonder. TBS has axed it. Well, uh, one season on TBS. It'll now be shown on something called the Rumble app, which is apparently an anti-woke streaming service. It's like YouTube, but hates people. I don't know. Wait, God damn it! the Rumble app. Are you, is this real? That's a real thing. Rumble is apparently a thing that exists. Well, like if you told me that an entity, like something like the uh, the whole idea of power slap wasn't woke and doesn't believe in vaccines. I'd be like, I believe you there. But yep. that being said, like, I also enjoy a good slap in the face. So, <laughs> so it's gonna... It's well, but did you want to watch Dana White's face slaps? I mean, aren't, don't you really want the guys from, like, in, like, Poland or something, Garrett? I mean, that's good, too. But I don't know. I'm a, I'm a brand loyalist to Power Slap. And <laughs> I did see that they had another Fight Plus show recently like within while uh i was sick i haven't i haven't watched it yet but i mean as long as they signed something that their pay-per-views have to come to me on fight plus i don't care where they go the rest of the time because as we discussed you we don't want to know the stories we don't we don't no. want to watch power slap anymore we just the want slap pro wrestling not here well, for the stories i'm here for the matches see <laughs> See, I actually am here for the stories, but it's like a kid playing with their toys. I want to create my own story, right? I, mm. I want to project what that story is. I don't want them to tell me because it's going to be the same story. It's just less sad when I don't know for a fact it's true. Right. And frankly, you're going to tell it far more eloquently because you <laughs> haven't recently been slapped in the head several times. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> 
See, I think what you really want is on Fight Plus, there is a, they're basically in a wrestling ring in the mountains somewhere. I Probably not far from the Buffalo Wild Wings. But then they're like, coming up next, it's Lil Jimmy versus Uncle Fucky. And then they come out and slap each other. I have the story in my head already. I know who wronged who. I know why we're slapping each other. And uh, I don't, I don't need to see them live in a house. I don't need to hear their problems through a real world size uh, style aside. You know, it's I'm good. Yeah. It's going to really ruin it for you when we see Marty Skrull on there and you know exactly how he ended up on, on, on the fight card. But see, Marty's the only one not doing it for his kids. <laughs> and they're all the, all the other ones are just like, we're doing it for the kids. Marty's just like, I just wanted to be on a show in America. The only place he to let got me on do the it. show and was actually explicitly told, "Do not mention children." <laughs> I used to know Cody. <laughs> what a fucking pud! Yeah, really? let's make him. He's the pud of the week. Let's just, yeah. let's just go ahead and say it. Enjoy, Kinguin asshole. <laughs> um, so. This is a terrible transition because we're jumping from somebody. Yeah, I love a good, bad transition because now we're going to jump from somebody uh, who's part of the week to somebody I like uh, right before we started because I realized I haven't watched wrestling in a minute. I need to I need to ingest a little wrestling before I come on here. So Hardway Heater had two matches over the weekend for ICW. Mm-hmm. The first one was the um, the the pit fighter, and it was ultraviolet vortex so you didn't know who was going to fight who it ended up being hardway heater versus akira and the mm. weapon used throughout the match was uh vinyl records and where and where can we find this where can we i can watch find this? this on independent wrestling.tv there you go okay. this is one of the most recent things added to it uh very first match of the show Ooh, so i don't have to fast forward you don't even have to fast forward. You just get heater right away. And I really appreciated that Akira basically in the match, since they're mostly fighting with vinyl, does kind of a Shaun of the Dead spot. Where he starts looking at what the records are and based on who the artist is, decides whether or not to throw it like a ninja star at an injured heater in the corner. Or, or keep but. It. Or keep it, which he does end up keeping some, which I think the game ended up being harder for him because they were clearly a stack of records picked up at Goodwill prior <laughs> to the match. So he it took him a while of going through people you've never heard of to get to say an Andy Williams. You know, that he's like, ah, I'll keep this. I'll keep Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, but they were they were going back and forth with those. What uh, else? What else did Heater? Uh, d- sorry, did, did Akira feel willing to to keep? What was what were the lines? Anything or any? Was there anything that you thought was good that he was like, "I'm throwing this," and you're like, "Akira, I can't believe you're burning." No, he he definitely was throwing. Uh, he got rid of a gospel record, which uh, did, I, did he, I would have got. Did he pull oh, any five finger death punch? <laughs> I don't. Unfortunately, I don't think they were putting five finger death punch or Brantley Gilbert over at the uh, the Goodwill. I'm trying to remember. Andy Williams was in there. Um, fuck. Maybe there was a Hank Williams. Maybe there was. Uh, there really was a Charlie Brown thing. He did keep West Side Story. 
Um, oh, I nice. thought he he did make good decisions with what he kept, and when he said something that I had also never heard of, you know, he he smashed that. Does a record hurt to get smashed on you? That's something I I've I collect vinyl, but I've never been hit with it. I would think only moderately. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. Like I'm I'm pretty sure I've been hit by vinyl. There's a lot of a lot of children of the seventies that were bigger than me that grew up in my house. I'm sure I got hit with some vinyl and I don't remember it. I remember most of the hard ones. <laughs> They did have a door with different records uh, positioned all over it that Akira took, a, not a German suplex, but my, maybe a side suplex into a door in the corner covered in records. Uh, heater poured nails all over the ground, which mm. no one got them in their body, but it did add an element of danger that felt unnecessary. That this somebody is quite an escalation. Along. Yeah. Fax's older yeah, brother he, did do that too. That was that's one of the ones that hurt. Yeah, and then you go to fire, right? He goes records, <laughs> nails, fire, and then actual firearms. I will Akira say, I will say, put, I remember the ones that hurt. Fax does sound like something one of the guys on Power Slap said. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what growing up in the Fax household was like. It was every day was Power Slap. Only we were both the sad fighter and the kid, both in one. We took on both roles at the same time. Well, in Power Slap, if it really hurt, you shouldn't remember it. <laughs> you sleep after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do One other spot from that I do need to mention is Akira put a cross face on Heater with a gusset plate in his hands. So Ugh. he's pulling back on the gusset plate into Heater's head. Uh, the other one I watched was the Ow. next night and Heater took on Sean Campbell, which we talked about from the, the show I saw on the bar here. Mm-hmm. Uh, another KOBK guy. Perfectly fine match, but there were a couple spots that just didn't go as planned. For whatever reason, it was like ICW told Heater and Sean Campbell, you're not allowed to use any of the doors tonight. Uh, here's some plywood. Or just like a piece of, so the wood is laid out and, you know, occasionally in a table spot or especially a door spot, it'll look awkward when somebody has to lay on it and try and balance. I would say the way heater was laid out on this thing, he was pretty much laying in the same position that Kate Winslet was laying in Titanic <laughs> as she was getting drawn. So he has like, I don't know what scene about. you're talking about. I've never paused. <laughs> <that scene. laughs> <laughs> my fifth grade penis absolutely remembers the way that Hardway Heater was laid in that match. That's actually weirdly again a scene that was reenacted in the Power Slap House. They cut that. <laughs> <laughs> it was between Wolverine and uh, I can't remember any of the other guys' names. I only remember the sadness. <laughs> man bun, man bun, man bun was painted by Wolverine. How about that? <laughs> It seems reasonable. Uh, there was also a part in that match where Heater and Sean Campbell just, they both took bundles of light tubes and threw them at each other's heads at the same time. And they both hit each other with such a large, th- large thunk. Neither broke. That was very entertaining. And then at one point, Heater just grabbed that bundle and swung it at his buddy's uh, midsection 
harder than I've ever seen anyone hit another man with a light tube. It actually was kind of fucked up. Either way, <laughs> watch some Hardway Heater. We love the guy. And that actually sounded like a rigging endorsement. If it's the hardest you've ever seen, because you've seen some light tubes, and you calling something fucked up, I mean, those are, those are, yeah, I mean, that sounds like an unambiguous recommendation. Yeah. Garrett's line on fucked up is, is pretty far at this point. Hey, you know what else is uh, interesting, just a fucked up thing? Is uh, I don't know. I, I think we've talked about this on the. I, I am an investor in WWE. I don't watch the product. Uh, I'm management. I I, I, <laughs> I I do. Um, I finally got a letter in the mail informing me of Vince McMahon's restructuring of the board. And even though we've known all of the details about this for weeks, there's something just special about just actually getting a letter with the WWE logo on it explaining this fucked up nonsense who are you gonna have sign that at wrestlecon next year when we all can tell you? <laughs> uh beast man <laughs> also whoever got whoever gets fired over the next year is basically you're like hey i just wanted to uh sign have you sign this can you do a dramatic reading of it facts is it worth it what do you think um Sure, I, I took a picture of it, so I, I have it, I think, right here on my phone, oh, on this He phone. doesn't have the physical paper because he sent it off to a framing store to... <laughs> I, I, well, I wanted to frame it right next to that pair of Mandy Rose's panties I bought. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> um, let's see here. <laughs> Let me zoom it in. It, uh, I mean, I... Mr. McMahon, I'm just going to go to the second paragraph, but it starts obviously, Dear World Wrestling Entertainment Inc.'s sharehold, stockholder. And then ellipse, Mr. McMahon is the beneficial and record owner of not less than a majority of the aggregate voting power of all outstanding shares of capital stock of the company, capital C, uh, entitled to vote generally in an election of directors as of January. So, again, I, I invest in a couple other companies. You get things like this not infrequently. I've never gotten a letter in the mail informing me, hey, shareholder, just FYI, you have no say in this. You are fucked. Right. Did it mention anything about his mustache? Because that is also a recent development while we were away. Uh, somebody said, have you... S- wait, wait, I'm sorry. Spent- Can I- Let me get to one more yeah, no, no, next ahead. paragraph. Because it uses a word I've, I'm going to pause on with intent. The board is not soliciting your consent. <laughs> Or your proxies in connection with the actions and no consents <laughs> or proxies are being requested from the stockholders. Well, if there's one thing we know Vince McMahon has no interest in requesting, it's consent. <laughs> and they are allegedly they will not receive yours before they fuck you, facts. I should point out everything we know there is alleged. Um, we would know more, but again, 
all of these women have been paid millions of dollars in hush money. So we just we just can't know for sure. But uh, I'm sure every all of the hush money dollars were paid for just completely innocent things. Yeah, we'll hold back our judgment until there's all the facts. And uh, until then, we're going to do our own research. So here, here's what I'm throwing. I'm just listeners, connect the dots how you wish. We know Ric Flair, a very famous person, got paid $300,000 to potentially be murdered on television. So if this is now millions that were paid out, I'm just saying, do the math. Could have thrown a couple bucks Rick's way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, so speaking of people having to do things that they may not be be the most happy about, um, it's really looking bad for Garrett and Fax in the new Japan cup bracket right now. Fuck. So you, you told me that my, uh, pick for winner is out completely, right? Shingo lost in the first round to Aaron Hanare. Um, now this, I will point out, so that was pretty bad. My my winner lost in the first match. Uh, 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 facts. That was the second match. My oh. winner lost in the first match. Damn. <laughs> first show. So, uh, I had El Fantasmo. He lost to Naito. Um, and that was as I like. Well, you know, I'm going to lose to Facts now because he's got Tai Chi going on a run. But at least I'll be happy because I love I love me some Tai Chi. And then he immediately lost to Sonata. So that <laughs> we were we were basically destroyed within 40 minutes of the tournament starting. Okay, so there's five of us in the tournament right now, or five of us in the the bracket challenge, correct? Mm-hmm. That's right. Who who is in last place? Is it fa- mere facts? Currently, it's facts. Yeah. And and we said that the punishment can be up to five hours long. Hey, four hours. I mean, I don't, four or five hours. Let's let's be reasonable here. I uh, okay. I think. <laughs> This is what I would do. I mean, whoever wins gets to decide. Or is it all of us? If one no, of us, I think the winner gets to decide. And and I think that we had we had talked about, but you weren't on on the show on the episode that you were on, Garrett. We talked about if we finish below a listener, we should yeah. probably all have to do the punishment, whether it's together and we like do a thing about it, live stream it or not. We can talk through the details, but I do feel like it seems inevitable that we will be finishing bottom three in our own, in our own bracket pool. Um, well, to Matt and and Lowell, I suggest not making us watch a whole show, but one thing for five hours. I, I really think that if we had to sit there and think about what we did as we watch Undertaker versus uh, Goldberg in Saudi Arabia over and over again for five straight hours that we'll never lose a new Japan bracket again. I think that we will get, will become better, uh, just more astute in the world of professional wrestling. We'll, we'll learn from our mistakes. We'll send ghetto thousands of dollars to tell us the results. You know, you just you just got to get us the top the, the final four, and we'll work it out the rest from there. Uh, I think there's a there's a there's a chance right now uh, as we speak. Our leader is Matt, and I don't think that's going to change. We, we're recording this on Tuesday night, so that's not going to change for the last second round matches. Um, I think there's maybe there's like one on ramp where it was like one or two scenarios where maybe Matt could get past. 
I think it involves David Finley getting to the final. Um, so I don't know whether I should cheer for that or not. But I think uh, I, I think if Finley gets to the final, so, someone may be able to catch Matt. But it's <laughs> Finley, like, allegedly, we'll say allegedly, the the new leader of Bullet Club. <laughs> sort of. Although the whole no, thing seems, seems like to be they that they're, like, upset. They're like, who, do I want to follow this guy? Which is a great question. Well, it's a vi- it's, he went Vinny Mac on it. He didn't ask for consent of any of the members of of the board of Bullet Club. He just was like, I'm doing it. Don't ask for forgiveness. Don't ask for permission. <laughs> just take it and see what happens. Yeah. I mean, I personally, I mean, this is unfair because I thought the match with Ishii was good. Although, shit, what's it going to take to have a bad match with Ishii? So I don't know if that says a lot about David Finley. So we'll we'll see how he does the rest of the tournament. Um but uh, there's a really non-zero chance that, that he should be the one who leads House of Torture. Him and Evil together, just letting everyone know it's time to fast forward. <laughs> Have there been any matches that are, you know, ones we should be checking out? Mm, it's been, like, the tournament's been good, although I'm not sure if there's really been anything where I'm like, you gotta see that one. It was a banger. Um, I don't know, actually. Phantasmo and and um Phantasmo and uh whatchamacallit. Phantasmo and Naito is pretty good. Um we do have ZSJ and Shooter coming up, which is uh potentially pretty good. Osprey's still in it. But that's part of it. They they in these upsets here, I tend to pick who I want to see go forward. Um and uh the guys I really like are all out of the tournament. Pretty much. Other than ZSJ at this point, uh, which may be changed by the time someone's hearing this. So, you know what they say yeah. again straight white guys never get what they want. It's <laughs> unfortunate. Yeah. And all we really wanted was to watch Tai Chi wrestle more. <laughs> That's true. And, and rip those pants off. Mm. They wouldn't allow that in Memphis. No, that again, that would definitely be drag. He definitely uh, would not be getting a baby face pop for that. Yeah, I mean, have you seen Tai Chi's hair? I mean, that's, I think, definitionally at this point is drag. In in Tennessee, at least. In Tennessee. <laughs> gotta... I, the, the rules are con- confusing, but you know that already. Uh, <laughs> and they're that way on purpose so that, you know, Tai Chi doesn't have to be here. <laughs> it's easier to just not bring him because you don't want to end up with an international incident. You'll never so get to you see guys are again. Seeing, you guys are seeing GCW this weekend, huh? St. Paddy's Day, Friday night, St. Paddy's night. Will you remember GCW? Uh, um, it's at the Melrose Ballroom, which is not it's 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 weird because it's not a great venue and it's not like it's like not a great place for drinking yet it's also not a great place for staying sober it's tricky i've been there and i don't know what you mean about i don't what do you mean like so usually when you go there for a wrestling show there's a hundred people up at the bar but Mm. none of them are drinking so it's like you have to wrestle your way through to get to the bartender 
to then immediately get service for an inordinately expensive drink, which is going to be just like them opening a beer for you, $13, give me a tip. So it's just kind of, and, and then like the actual seating and we have GA cause it, it, tickets sold for this like big time so we we like two weeks ago we're like oh shit we better buy ga like um because i'm not gonna lie until they started announcing matches i was a little on the fence just because going into new york city on saint patty's day uh is stupid it is a stupid thing to do for stupid very bad idea yes and so i was like i don't know even a gcw show i don't think you can get me to queens but then they started kind of announcing stuff. It's like, oh shit, okay, I got to do this. And um, so we're G- Max Loco, or you get to meet Gringo Loco. I mean, again, I've me and Gringo Loco. I mean, we're. I mean, maybe the same guy. Right. See him, see him at mom's house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but He'll tell you about vinyl. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, here's the here's the lineup. This is this is enough to get me to a place surrounded by bars on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, main event against Boosie, against Second Gear Crew, which is Mance and uh, Manders, versus Wasted Youth. That, that's a, a solid opener type. Time Splitters against Jordan Oliver and Mike Bailey. And Time Splitters, again, to be clear, <laughs> it's Kushida and Alex Shelley against Jordan Oliver and Mike Bailey. Nick Gage, which, the champ- which isn't that just one of the most insane matches you've ever heard like every part of that match is implausible in queens for gcw on saint patty's day right <laughs> your uh, two favorite guys are now a tag team facts this is uh this is a big night and against the fucking time splitters like in gcw this is nuts <laughs> Nick Gage defends the title against Masha Slamovich. Insane. It's just insane. an insane thing to be happening. I love Lo- it. Los Macisos against Rina, Yamashita, and Sawyer Rec as a tag team. Oh. Unfortunately, oh. but for some reason in New York where they can't blade. So I'm, I'm curious what they're going to do. I guess they'll I guess they'll find ways is my It'll, impression. I mean, they've all had good, just regular hardcore matches. So, you know, I think it'll still be a fun one. You know, it's not illegal in New York in a wrestling match. Menstrual blood. Throwing that out there. Don't have to tip me for that. <laughs> <laughs> Bandito against Gringo Loco. Love it. Fuck. Homicide against Matt Cardona. Just dream. Wait, by the way, to go back to Gringo Loco versus Bandito. That's because as I, as I detailed on the last episode, I did not go to Bandito's gym. And now he's taking his revenge out on Gringo Loco. It's just really unfair. Because I didn't make the pilgrimage while I was in Mexico City. I wouldn't go that extra hour. He's going to be teabagging him and looking at you. (laughs) (laughs) Although, what if the seat's empty because I'm not there? You just Mm. convene. That's when you go to the bar. (laughs) Uh, Not done yet, by the way. Blake Christian against Jack Cartwheel, which should be fun. AEW superstar Jack Cartwheel. AEW superstar. Um, as was Starboy Charlie and his um and his overalls. Everyone had a lot of fun with the overalls. Farm Boy Charlie, I believe, uh Jim Jim Ross called him. Farm Boy Charlie. Um Joey Janela against the Grim Reaper for the extreme title. 
and Willie Mack against Tony Deppen. That is a stacked as fuck GCW show for, um, for for what's going to be a very weird and probably drunk crowd. Are you going to drink before you go? Or are you going to go to that? I remember eating some pretty good tacos near the venue with Wheatus. Wait a minute. I feel like you had to tell us the story, Garrett. You, you, you sat down with Wheatus. You broke bread. It was me and uh, Alex, Queen of the Ring, went to Joey Janelle, lost in New York. We ate at a taco place nearby before the show, and neither of us knew what Wheatus looked like. <laughs> and we're at a table, you know, it's basically touching the table next to us and jokingly was like, what if this is Wheatus right here? Beginning of the show, Wheatus plays to the intro for Nate Webb, and it, it ended up being them. We did not know at the time, but we were eating with Wheatus. So you could have talked to Wheatus and you missed the opportunity. I don't know what we would have had to say to each other, but that song is really great. And it was the most ideal way to see them live. I got to hear <laughs> the song first thing. And then they got in a fight with MJF and I didn't have to see a full Wheatus concert. I just got to hear the song. And this is well before TikTok, my friends. TikTok was not even a thing yet. So just hearing a good song from the 2000s movie Loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if we'll have Weedis at this show. Um, but, I mean, Nate Webb's... I, I, I think Nate Webb's in Circle 6 now. I don't really understand what's happening with the Circle 6 and GCW. I thought he retired. I mean, be that too. He, he did. He came back. Oh, there you go. I remember him coming back, but I, I didn't know he was, like, back back. I thought it was kind of like a one-shot deal. I didn't know he was, like, taking bookings. He's been have it's I think you're right, though. A lot of them seem to be at circle six because I know I saw he had a match recently or coming up against um, AJ Gray, mm, which also against circle, circle six, six just did a whole run of shows. It seemed like all over the country and they were filming it for something, but it was shows that you weren't able to see in the moment. Okay, But I know they had a live one the other day that did run on independentwrestling.tv so i assumed they were filming these to all release on fight plus or something i have no idea what's going on with circle six though you guys sent this before the show they are putting on an interesting thing mania weekend in los angeles Mm-hmm. you want to tell them garrett yeah you could go for it it sounds like it's enough to possibly sell chris a flight to los angeles Circle Six presents Minoru Suzuki's karaoke. Now, I saw the Instagram post. I did not click for details. So I, I think I'm going to need to see some details. But I also might be willing to book a round trip flight, hotel, and missing opening weekend of the baseball season, which I already have tickets for. If, if this is what I think it is. <laughs> so it will cost me two thousand and six dollars <laughs> to go to this show. <laughs> it's going to be worth it, though. Fax and I now. Fax and I were on a karaoke team together at one point. Uh, the true. Unicorn Zombie Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, no. Well, there are two teams. There was um, the Unicorn Zombie Apocalypse, and then we were on a team called My Bulge, um, mainly to make yep. the host say, um, "Now from My Bulge is Fax." Um, <laughs> 
but we were and and part of that we were in a we were in a man band called uh one erection mm-hmm. um and so really the opportunity for fax and i as one erection to sing for Minoru suzuki feels worth or sing with, or sing with Minoru could it suzuki? be with right because that's where like if that's a possibility right if they say like that's one of like the meet and greet options is do a song with Minoru Suzuki, I will literally give them the password to my brokerage account and they can just take what they want. They have to take the WWE letter that says I have no voting rights, but they can also take any of the actual equity. So you have to look at Minoru Suzuki from across the room as you're singing what song are you putting on and are you both good singers or are you what what, <laughs> what is menor I, I think i think we're not it's not that we're we're like uh more song entertainers than mm. singers you know we're we've got a little bit more of that 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 karaoke appreciation society vibe going mm. um Although I don't think I would do Judas, although I certainly know the words. Yeah. We did a very sexy version of the Bon Jovi song Always together. Yeah, that was pretty hot. It's hot. It pretty hot. Yeah, and I bet I bet I bet Suzuki loves some Bon Jovi. Yeah, I well, I'm trying to think uh, like I'm trying to think if there's a good song with like like traveling Wilburys or something with like three singers. So we can do it. So Suzuki's the third one. And like, we all have our. I want, I want to do total eclipse of the heart. And Suzuki does the parts that are like, turn around. (laughs) That seems worth it to me is all I'm saying. If we can just do that. And we'll sing Faxnile trade off on the Bonnie Tyler part. Um, And, uh, (laughs) Suzuki will just uh Suzuki will hit uh hit the big the big notes. Do you think you'd hit up any other wrestling while you any wrestling while you're there? Are you No, we would go money? straight home. Facts and I are very busy. Straight home. Wouldn't even go to In and Out. Just straight home. Yeah. Six dollars to get in knuckleheads, maybe get a drink. I would just get off the airplane with a briefcase. I'd fix my tie. And then I would just go to the venue, hand them the briefcase, which is just filled with cash. It's theirs. Sing the song and then leave. <laughs> just straight back to the airport. Just sleep on. Wake up first. Flight the first thing in the morning. Um, Does Suzuki great, have guys. any matches Mania weekend? I, I mean, any that would announced. lead you to believe he does. I mean, maybe he's found out he can make more money doing this. Right. You know? This just happened to be Mania Weekend. He has no idea. I'm looking. He hasn't even been announced for um, for the New Japan show yet. Does that lead us to believe that he's going to work with Circle Six and do a match over there? I guess I don't know who it's Circle Six he'd work, but well, I know uh, Atticus lost the title over the weekend. I think I believe he lost it to uh, Wentz. Yeah, in like yeah. a three layers of 
um three layers of cheese match i don't i don't know what the hell the match was it was like they three had stages I think of they had hell three. or something or yeah i yeah, yeah by the way i have the song we're gonna do Ooh. so we all know the brian adams songs everything i do i do it for you for the robin hood soundtrack right it's a mm. big song still probably brian adams biggest song so they tried to replicate the success of that with the three musketeers song yes it was brian adams yes it was uh Rod Stewart. and rod stewart and it's all for love and i don't know i'm doing rod stewart that's clear um i don't know who 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 do you who's suzuki and who's you Hmm. I think I, I think I want Brian Adams there. And I think I think, of course, Suzuki is Sting. That does make sense. And now this would be Surfer Sting, not Crow Sting. Right. Yeah. Right. This is uh, so once I thought uh, Rod Stewart was really mean to me and it ended up not being him. <laughs> <laughs> so while I was at uh, Warner Brothers as a tour guide, I had dropped my guests off at the museum to to go poke around. And while I was there, a man comes up and is like, hey, you need to give us a ride right now. And I'm like, I am working. I am not going to give you. And I look over and I'm like, I, I thought it was Rod Stewart. And uh, it wasn't. And eventually someone else came over and said, I'll do it. And I was like, there was some other shit they said. But I was just like, this guy seems like a fucking prick. When they got <laughs> back, I was like, well, so what did Rod Stewart do? He goes, oh, it turns out it wasn't Rod Stewart. Because when I dropped them off, the man turned and said, Mr. Manilow, thanks you. <laughs> it was Barry Manilow instead. Oh. Are, we, are, are we sure that that's not just the name Rod Stewart uses at hotel check-ins so people he don't call his room? Barry Manilow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really envisioning us and Suzuki crushing this, Fax. Yeah. I think what we need to do is, because just like we need to, we need to pay to fly him in to New York City so we can go to our old karaoke bar, Mm -hmm. K One Seven, which does it still exist? I'm assuming it. I think so. Maybe Maybe some. I don't know how it survives without us, since we basically were the only ones there, and we were there constantly for years. But anyway, we go there with Suzuki to rehearse, so then all of us can then fly to L.A. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because we got to work on the moves. You know, we got to figure out. The moves are a big part of it. Because you can tell there's a twinkle in Suzuki's eye. When he hits that right note and he looks the ladies, I think the crowd's just going to explode. You know, we're here for support, obviously. And the smoldering intensity is going to land better when you when you we show his soft underbelly um, during the moves uh, for a bit. Yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, we got to get. I hat- picture you hat- show up in a. That's actually what exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say Suzuki's 100 percent going to have a fedora. Mm-hmm. He loves fedoras. And yes. do you think if if you guys show up with fedoras, he's like, no, we aren't fedora boys. I'm fedora man. You take your fedoras off. Yeah, no, I think we each need to get di- we need to get different hats. Like Suzuki has his fedora. Maybe I have a cow. Maybe he has a cowboy hat. Um, I think Fax I, is going Scotty too hottie, like nope, a hat with the goggles. Nope, nope, guys. See, you guys are just going for random storylines. You're not thinking about what the song is. It's all for love. What is the biggest romance story in all of wrestling? It's John Moxley and violence. So 
it's going to be one of us playing up as Moxley. One of us obviously needs to wear a mask and be Despy. Uh, <laughs> I would assume Suzuki can help us get some gear that's pretty convincing if we throw an extra coin his way. Uh, we reenact the Moxie, Moxley uh, match with, with Despy kind of in a Romeo and Juliet thing. Suzuki, um, in an interesting twist, will play the ref. And then we will chase him around um, until he comes back and reveals, no, you know, he is Minoru Suzuki. And, uh, you know, that's the big finale. And that's actually how we win win the competition, which no one knew was happening. But we bring <laughs> Renee, Renee Paquette to tears in the back. She's just watching this. This how beautifully everything has been represented. And she's like, you guys, you win. You've done we- it. And what to be clear, what we win is a Tony Award, right? <laughs> it's um, which are given given out by Tony Khan, not annually. He gives <laughs> he gives them out every three months. Um, <laughs> I like this. I'll I'll play I'll play Despy. Um, the, the, the blood will have to be fake facts, but, um, in, in LA, well, I don't think the fight commission has anything. Oh, this is, yeah, this is Los Angeles. Does it have to be fake? No, no, just, I'm, I, I, I don't want you to blade me facts. You're clearly oh. playing Mox here. Oh, well, in the words of Mox, um, don't be a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Either that, either that, or I think Mox is there for for Bloodsport. Can we just get Mox and Despy to reenact the match with us on stage? Even more than that, I was going to say, Mox, we don't invite him up. Renee's not there. We just finish, and then Mox is just convulsing on the floor because he thinks he's having a flashback. And this is all while you guys are singing a song from the Disney Three Musketeers movie. From 1993, that's right. That's correct. Yeah. Um, Kiefer Sutherland. Uh, I, I want to say Chris O'Donnell. I Chris O'Donnell, say... Charlie Sheen. There you go. Oliver Platt. All for one. All for love. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think that I will be joining you, but I will dress as D'Artagnan and stay at home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> God. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we beat the Tony Awards. I think that. We, I think this is where it ends. It's sad that it, it had to be, but we got to save some for next time. Yeah. Uh, by next week, I think by the time we record next week, we may know um, whether we'll be being punished for our poor New Japan Cup performance, um, and um, we'll probably have some stories about St. Patrick's Day at a GCW show. Why are we doing this, Max? Yeah, I might not be able to, to uh, well, we'll talk about it. I, I'm on the West Coast again next week. Might not be able to record, but I will send send a correspondent. Matt, be thinking about the punishment and take it what I said into consideration. Because if five hours is the max, that doesn't mean that we can, don't have to watch one thing for a, on a five-hour loop. And, uh, I think this is a punishment. And I think now any Kiefer Sutherland movie now classifies as, as wrestling adjacent after today's episode. <laughs> The pilot of 24, five times. <laughs> <laughs> or, All right, everybody. Thanks the so song, much for listening. The song, uh, the Casa uh, Nina just on a loop for five hours straight. That's just a well, good we Saturday some. night. 
you throw that on a five-hour loop while we watch that Undertaker-Goldberg match, <laughs> that is a night you'll never forget. Rate, review, subscribe, everybody. Give us a follow at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. I'm at Gartet, at Chris Miggs, at Jimmy Lloyd's IMDB page. Does that exist yet? That's the name of my IG, but I haven't uh, actually been on IG since the last episode, so I know. No. No. We'll get that going. All right. Uh, We'll have so much to talk about next week. Let's see if they survive St. Patrick's Day. And one for all. (laughs) And all all for love. (laughs) Rod Stewart hit our goddamn music.